and welcome back to Reclaiming Reality Podcast. We are three buddies looking for some truth from a Christian perspective. Online, we got myself, the one and only Colin Charles, and Nicholas Vaccarella in the flesh virtually. Today, we are doing part two of something we started last week. And what did we talk about last week? That's right, boys. We talked about Toms. We talked about Converse. We talked about expensive Nikes. We talked about skinny jeans that are holier than the Lord. We talked about t-shirts that are 12 sizes too large or three sizes too small. That's right, boys. We talked about worship. And today, <laughs> we... <laughs> and today, we are going to talk about worship again. Okay, that was a worship leader, but everyone gets my point. Um, last time we talked about the importance of worship and how everyone worships something, whether they know that or not. And we never even touched on what happens on Sunday mornings. So we decided, thanks to Nick, which was a great idea, guys, let's just do another episode. So here we are to talk about what happens in church on Sunday morning. What is going on with the whole singing thing? That's kind of weird. So... Guys, I got two questions for you. I think that this might sum up what we should be talking about today. Why do we sing? And how do we sing? I think those are where we should start. And Charles, I'm going to throw it on over to you, man. What do you think Whew. about why we sing in church? So I think there's a lot to it, kind of from the jump. I know that of the things that you can do, it is impossible to be super upset and sing at the same time hmm. unless you're singing a sad song right it has a way of kind of i want to say purifying your emotions yeah if you will you know so it's like oh i'm angry and like you're gonna sing an angry song which would probably be you know seven finger death punch as you slam your head <laughs> against the wall to something to that effect wow. or something where it's just i like, need to go to your church it, yeah <laughs> oh, yes <laughs> or i need to spend more time <laughs> over your house or something i couldn't do it you you guys know me. You know me. I only listen to heavy metal, dead, heavy, de heavy metal death music, in the gym, staring at the, in the mirror, doing a squat, which has entirely too much weight, but supports my oversized biker thighs. Anyway, it's very. It has a way of setting the tone, of hmm. what you want to do or communicate. Right. So like, if you Ooh, want like to that. come into a point of like your ambiance, right? You're focused, you know, you're not being distracted by the weight on your soul that you are feeling. You sing a song to set the mood hmm. and how we worship that, that varies from thing to thing. I'm honestly quite over the Hill song slash Bethel <laughs> slash, you know, Brian Jen Johnson slash everything else like ethereal, Empty nothing with a harpsichord yeah. in the background church, and all of the yeah, <laughs> yeah. just actually dude up harp, there in the front with an Australian accent and he's talking about how you should be praying and lifting your hands but not mentioning Jesus. That's I mm. thought you had to be Australian to worship. <laughs> I, I think you do. Actually, huh. I'm disqualified. <laughs> um, there's a, a rapper called KB who writes the song called Oh, it's 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 off the tip of my tongue. Um, that's a good one, bro. But uh, it's on, it's, yeah, no, it's, it's on the album tomorrow we rebel. And he says it is perfectly, you can have build a Christian empire 
without God. Mm, yeah. And yeah. that that one phrase just wrecked it absolutely wrecked Christian music for me in a lot of ways really? because it now set a different paradigm between are we looking at God or are we looking at this Christian empire that we're building? Yeah. Huh. Nick, over to you, man. Kind of same question, unless you want to build off that, but kind of laying down groundwork right now. Why do we musically sing and worship in church? Wow. I, I don't know which direction to go in here. I think, I think that we're going to go down your road, Charles, that you just paved for us. Um, yeah. But I, I kind of, I also think that simply we worship because, I mean, everybody sings about something, don't you? I mean, it, some people just sing in the shower or sing in the car. I'm one of those people. I just sing in the car um, because I could be as loud as I want. <laughs> Nobody just judging me. But... The candy uh, men can. Or I could sound as horrible as I want. No one cares. But everyone, if like, does anyone really live a life without singing about something? And if you're not really singing, like, your your life is still singing something. You know, you're mm. you're beaten to the mm. you're drumming to the beat of something. Um, so I think worship, like singing is just one of those ways we express like what's inside coming out in, in a, just yeah. a different way than we're used to doing on a normal social interaction level, you know? Cool. Um, but as far as what Charles said, yeah, I, I think that's an interesting road that we, I think we would do well to go down that road between the three, among the three of us, I think we can, uh, and the Lord totally work something out here. So, and yeah, before we move on, can I just throw out like something? I know we've talked about this a long time ago. It's also scriptural, right? Yeah. Like the Bible says, get together and sing songs of praise with people. It, multiple of Paul's letters talk about that. I know Ephesians and Colossians do. I don't, I'm sure it's in way more places and not to mention Psalms, right? So everything you said, I guys, I fully agree with. Um, so that's why we worship. That's the short one, right? I feel like that doesn't take too much time. We just crushed it. Now, hey. Charles, what you, yeah, what you really started getting into powerfully, how do we worship? That, yeah, this gets weird because you have so many different styles and especially now with the internet, right? Yeah. Because it's not just like go to your church that's however far you can walk away from you and, and sing with the people in your community. Now it's, we all have this expectations of what music is supposed to be. And that has kind of been pushed onto the music scene of worship, and which is really, really interesting. So that's, in some sense, it's really good because like I grew up as a military brat. I moved all the time. I always knew the songs. Were worship songs in the 90s good? <clears throat> I don't want to go to hell, so I won't say. <laughs> However. No. <laughs> don't answer that. <laughs> However, it was nice to kind of have community. Like it kind of felt like community no matter where I went, but that kind of started it. But yeah, Charles, let's, I won't, yeah, dig in, man. You said that you're over the whole Bethel Hillsong kind of branch of this. Dude, tell us why, what are your thoughts on that, man? We And just so the people know, we kind of say this every episode real quick. We do not plan out these conversations. This is free flowing. 
Um, I know I probably sound obnoxiously like an interviewer half the time, but that's because these guys have a lot of wisdom and I love to dig into it. So, Charles, dude, I, why? So, we found a mold, Hillsong, Bethel. And given, I think Hillsong hit its point, like it's like epitome, maybe 10 years ago. That's oh, wow. my opinion. Um, and that is, of course, I can't prove that with a fact. I don't mean to rip on Hill songs. They have some incredible songs. Like Oceans still gets to you, whatever. But where is the point where it's like, all right, we are making a song that we know works and it sounds good mm. and people will buy the CDs and play it on the radio and then we will just sing it in church, right? It's, it sounds, you know, new age Christian-y enough yeah. that we can just run with it. Hmm. And it's safe and it's good. And you know, like, it, you can build your community and you can make people feel at home. Right. But then again, it's not, it doesn't typically, and I don't mean to call them out all the time because again, they have some incredible songs. Yeah. But some of them are just, that's, it's gobbledygook. It's mush. So let's dig into that, Charles. What may, well, maybe I'll throw this one over to Nick. Nick, what to you, I don't know. Maybe we should talk about what makes a song mush and what makes a song uh, substantive. I have a met metric if you'd like. Dude, I'd love it. Okay. When you find yourself, as you inevitably will, in what seems like the valley, the pit, the struggle, the moment where you are reaching out and longing to God, will you sing that song? Will uh. you use that song as a reminder of who he is and who you are relative to him. Or are you just listening to that song on the way to work just because you like the tune? Hmm. Which I don't think is totally inappropriate, by the way. If you do listen to songs on it the depends. way to work because you like the tune. Yeah. I mean, you can listen to anything on the work if you yeah, want to. Exactly. Like, go for it. Right. Yeah, but we're not playing <laughs> that in church that. on Sunday morning. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I see what you mean, Charles. I, I think for me, one of the... Th just like a piece of that puzzle for me is when the song is all about me, that has started to bug me because worship yes. is about God. And so yes. often like guys, I'm my favorite song used to be how he loves me. Like it's so simple, but like it can mean anything to anyone. It's all over the place. Like that was like my ninth grade anthem. Right. And now when I hear that song, I'm like, how about you're amazing Lord? Like yeah. how about come thou fount? How about, Let's talk about him and how great thou art and not, oh, how you love me. And then because you're kind of the subject, like not grammatically, but it becomes about you. You know what I mean? It's how he loves me, how he loves me, how he loves me. And I want worship to be how great thou art. You are so big. I'm insignificant right now. It's about you, not about me. So that's one of the big, one of my big worship pet peeves these days kind of one of my tests is how much am I being talked about in this song versus how much is God being talked about in this song? Um, can I, I want to take it for a sec because I actually just did an individual recording on this. It's going to be under sayings part one, uh, for my podcast, but I was, I was sitting down the other day and I was thinking, you know, if, if I am, if I know what God thinks about me, right? Like if I have, put in the time with him, uh, which is a lifelong process, but I've put in the time to know yeah. a little bit more about his character and how he views me, then that leaves me pretty open 
to be less concerned about how he views me and a little bit more available to be about what concerns him, right? Hmm. Um, yeah, I like if, that. If you think about it, it's, it's really simple. Less me, if I'm focusing on myself less, I have more energy to focus on God and what he wants, right? I feel like any relationship works that way. Uh, but specifically, the, it seems like the temptation for us as Christians is to always be looking in whether it's critical, whether it's like, you know, praiseworthy or whatever. And the things that we do are often a reason for boasting or a reason for mm. like despairing, right? But if I know what God thinks of me and I can look a little more out about what concerns him instead of looking so much in, then that's, to me, that's freedom. Like, because yeah. a lot of the the, the attacks and the the just the depression and that kind of stuff. It's, it's usually centered around me. God doesn't put that on me. Right. Um, do bad things happen? Yes. Uh, but I think Charles has a good metric. What, what are you singing? What is being exalted in your thoughts and in your singing when these things are happening? You know? Yeah, I do. I, I heard someone a long time ago. Um, I'm living in Boston right now. Um, but even before I moved here, I heard someone, two guys were talking about Tom Brady. And one guy said, Tom Brady's the best quarterback to ever walk the face of the earth. And the other guy said, but yeah, he's a total jerk. And the first guy said, he gets to be. He's freaking Tom Brady. He has six Super Bowl rings. Shut your mouth. And it was a hilarious conversation. Because while I didn't agree, it was a good point, right? Like he's yeah. saying, hey... He's not hyping himself up without cause. He's not the guy who can't play the sport saying, look how great I am. No, he can put his money where his mouth is. He's that good. And guys, as weird as it sounds, that's how I think about worship. Because it's like, when, when God says, I am everything, that isn't egotistical because it's not wrong. Yeah. He's absolutely correct. And he's so much more than anything, like any way we could describe him in our language. He's, he's more than whatever that is. So it's so, that kind of releases me to worship, I guess, in those moments that you were kind of talking about there, Nick. And just kind of say, you are, wow. Yeah. Like it's worth being here and saying these things and repeating these lines sometimes because he's that good. Um, yeah, and... and I just, do you mind if I interrupt you real quick? So much. I'm very offended. <laughs> um, and the point is, though, like, whether or not you think God is as good as he claims to be, he still is, right? Because, mm -hmm. because he is. He's God. He can make that objective claim about himself. Is it objective if God is making a claim about himself? I guess it has oh, to. Oh, that's a, that's a whole question. Yeah, isn't God, that crazy? Um, but, but my point being is that as you worship whether it be through song, whether it be through driving down the road and just thinking about the Lord or in your, your time with him, you grow in a more understand in a better understanding that he is worthy, mm. right? So that yeah, makes absolutely. you want to engage in, let's call it right worship more. Um, and the songs about you become less important to you because you are seeing as you worship right almost as the vehicle to getting to you, you to the revelation that he is actually as good as he says and claims to be, right? So it seems like worship yeah. in that sense is both the avenue that gets us there, but then also a result of 
coming to a realization of of how good God is. So I'm not sure which comes first, but I like that. And let's dig into that concept of right worship. Because that's I think that's kind of at the bottom of the question, how do we worship, right? It's kind of the same question, how do we worship rightly? And one of the things that has been bugging me forever. I don't even know if bugging me is the right word because I just don't know the right answer to it, guys. The I feel like the stereotypical Western church right now has a massive stage, a multi-thousand dollar lighting setup, which changes like at least 50 times subtly throughout the course, just like a normal concert, right? Um, there is an incredible sound system. There are expensive microphones and there is literally a, probably a full-time um, person running the soundboard. Many churches have literal fog machines that come out. And then on the other side, you have like what in my mind, it's like the 1800s and like everyone is in like a tweed suit and they're just like, like the church of Christ kind of like no, no instruments. Right. And they're just standing there saying, holy, holy, holy. And they're just, just bored is how I think about it. And guys, I don't freaking know. I know that fog machines bug me because that feels like you're trying to manufacture something. But also I see the argument of if we have these things available to us, why don't we use them? And I'm confused. So I'm just going to throw that one out there, guys. Whoever wants to take that and run with it a little bit. And the last thing I'll say on the tail end of that is, I think this is a piece, but this could be a whole separate conversation. Are we confusing spirituality with emotion? Dude, that is an enduring question. <laughs> right? That is... Guys, I'm stuck. That's, that's a three-part video series. Bro, <laughs> I know, because this hits me every... I'm. We're in a job where we have to move all the time. And every time I go to a new church, I'm like, was it really worth spending this much on that lighting system? Like, how much money went mm. to that lighting system? That is a fancy looking light. How much money went to that soundboard? How much money went to those microphones? How much money? I don't, I don't know how to feel about it, man. And are we trying to manufacture something that we should already have? Hmm. I feel like that question in and of itself could be applied to more than just the church, actually. Like, you you had yeah. this, but you hit, like, that and this and that. You just <laughs> dropped the Moab on a cave, not to call anybody out. But is, yeah. that is, um, that's a big question. Yeah. Are we trying to create something artificially that we should have organically? Yes, that's right? really well said. Bruh, there's an answer to it. There's an answer to this. I will stake my flag on this claim, right? And I will get rocks thrown at me from every direction. It is better to be authentic than it is to be accurate. Hmm. Think about it. Think about it, right? And again, I'm going to get stones from everywhere on this one. But you can talk and think and sound literally technically perfect and have a heart that is far, far away from God. Yeah. Yeah. Or... And this one may not say or, because they're not exactly a even split duality, right? Ideally, on the other side, you can be authentically singing your soul out to Jesus from a point that resonates with your entire heart, mind, body, and soul and sound like garbage. Hmm. And the question comes down to which one is better. Hmm. 
And for my opinion, right, I, again, I'm sticking my flag right now on the authenticity, and I would rather sing with the tone-deaf person who just went through literal hell and is now singing the praises of Jesus than the person who has never done anything, they are spoiled rotten, they don't know anything about anything, and they're completely self-conceited, but they can jam out on a guitar. Yeah. Because that it reveals to you the authenticity, it's all, it's all heart. That heart that longs to know God, to be with him, mm. to be felt, to be known by God. That has seen both pain and pleasure, both victory and defeat, and comes back with the testimony of who God is. I would sooner be with them late into the night going deaf with their tone deafness than spend a moment with somebody who is just doing it because they have to. Yeah. That got verbose. I apologize. Dude, you're fine. No, that no. really reminds me of college, man. Because I had a... I mean, shout out to our boy Nate Ziegler. Um, buddy who can just rip it on the guitar and sing. And I mean, there is a... Di like you were saying, there is a difference between like a worshiper and a guitar player. Homies both. Like, that guy can play. And I just still remember some nights, man, of like six guys in a, in a small room playing guitar and singing and those were so much sweeter to me than than every fancy lighting spectacular display that I've ever seen in my life because it was like we weren't there for a show we weren't there to witness an event we were participants in an event and that event was worshiping god and cuz that's the only thing we were there to do there was no social arrangement it was just our buddy sitting on his little college twin bed playing a guitar and man those were some of the best nights those were some of the, the the sweetest worship experiences of my life yeah yeah nick what do you think about all this man um i was reading matthew 15 uh not too long ago, actually. I think it was last week when, when we first decided that we wanted to talk about worship. Um, kind of cool how that came up, actually. Uh, I was talking to my roommate at a coffee shop, and he was like, hey, have you guys thought about talking about worship? Like, what is it? Why do we do it? He's like, because it's something I've been thinking about. I was like, all right, well, no, I really haven't thought about it. <laughs> and uh, and then I, I kicked the idea over to Ben, and Ben was like, dude, I was just asking that this morning. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, and then we pitched it to Charles, and it just seemed like something we needed to talk about. Charles doesn't have a passion for worship at all. Yeah, not at all. It's not. No. He never led. Said with hyper-sarcasm. <laughs> he never I'm led so worship salty, and completely can... jammed out before, but I'm just kidding. He's, he's really good if you have. Anyway, yeah. Um, Wow, we're advertising for each other. But uh, <laughs> um, no, I love worshiping with you guys for that reason that Ben said was that, you know, we come together in our in all of our different avenues of life. Right. We've all walked different paths, um, but we focus on the Lord and we just want to see him move, you know, and do what he wants to do. And I, I think my only thought is that to make this practical for some of our listeners and viewers as the, as we're, in the same way that we're seeking to make it practical for us is that 
is to ask the question, what, what is my heart worshiping? Like, Mm. because Jesus says in Matthew 15, he's talking about, I think he's talking to a crowd at this point. Um, and he's saying that these people honor me with their lips, which means they're really honoring with it, with their lips, you know? He doesn't say just praise. He says they honor me with their lips, but but their heart is far away from me. And he honestly just tells the scribe, he tells his disciples to like just leave the the scribes and Pharisees alone. He's like, those are the people that honor me with their lips, but their heart's far from me. And he's like, just leave them alone. Like the blind will lead the blind into darkness. You know, he's like, don't even mess with them almost because they're not going to listen. And I just thought that was such a such a litmus test for us is mm. it shows because it shows the character of God. He doesn't care what you say. Yeah. And he does, but but he cares because he says it in that same passage he says it's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. It's what comes out because that shows you what is in your heart and what is in your mind. Um and I think that that's the piece of it for us is is coming to terms with you know from last episode we all worship what do we worship comes out from what we say and what we do you know Mm. um so i think it's just it's an important question that we all have to ask and the way that we do it in our culture because of the differences of opinions on that it helps us kind of i don't know it's helped us talk about what is worship you know that we probably wouldn't have talked about if we all did it exactly the same way so yeah Dude, on that note of doing it the exact same way, I had a uh, a really tangential, explorate, explorative thought on this. So C.S. Lewis talks about modesty. I don't remember what book this was in, but he has a whole thing on modesty. And he basically says, the woman wearing the Victorian dress up to her neck and the islander in the, co- in the coconut bra can be equally modest because modesty is relative to your people, right? So the coconut bra, that's what everyone wears. So she's not being immodest, but chastity is another thing. Chastity is kind of a binary, either you have done the thing or you have not done the thing. And that thought came into my mind as I was thinking about worship styles because I don't expect people in Korea people in South Africa and people in Canada to worship the same way, right? Like their style is probably going to be very, very, very different. And this really goes to a lot of what Charles was saying. Um, I don't think style matters that much, but the authenticity reverence is kind of the word I would compare to chastity in that analogy. Are you being reverent to the Lord? And I think some styles can encourage irreverence. Like when the style makes you depend on a fog machine to induce you into some experience, that makes me uncomfortable. Hmm. I do feel as if it doesn't really matter the style then, because that can go a million different ways, right? Maybe you're the more, I think the word is liturgical type, where you are just singing from the hymn. And it's a matter of how well do you know the verbs versus verbs. Can I speak today? No. It comes a matter of how well do you know what you're singing versus what does it mean to you? On the other end, yeah. like the more charismatic end, are you passing out being slain in the spirit or do you mean what's being said, you know? Yeah. And that can really go a million different ways too. So I'd, I'm not sure. 
I think you're spot on. Reverence, dude, like he nailed that one in the head. Yeah. Caveat, I'm not sure that there is a particular style that gives more towards reverence than another. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, that, that needed to be said. Thank you. I, I'm not trying to say that there is a better style, but I do think there can be worse styles. Does that make sense? It's like there's not like the supreme way to do it, but there can be ways that you do it that probably aren't great. So like if you do if you do think that you need to buy a $50,000 light machine, get all the smoke and fog that's ever existed, um, have the world's biggest choir, like all of these external things. If you have to get Tori Kelly to come in, like if you need mm. all of these things, if you have to have the most popular songs and the best whatever, like all of those things, then that doesn't seem like a good way to me. Does, does that check? I might be off here. Yeah, man. it's like marrying someone for their money. <laughs> yeah. You want you want to have their things, their status, their money, yeah. their whatever, and you completely miss the person. Yeah. And that kind of gets into do you guys ever find a difficulty in worship separating emotionality and spirituality? Does that cuz I find myself wondering that like how much is the music moving me emotionally versus how much is my spirit engaging in the message of what is happening and not just the message but the significance of declaring that god is great and lifting my hands i've been to rock concerts where people worshipped man hands were up people were swaying dr drugs all over the place like those are worship services do not miss that like they are worshiping something they are being moved to something and their emotions are on an all-time high, but I think at some point the emotions and the spiritual overlap, connect. I don't know how that works. It's messy. <laughs> exactly. You might um, You might have to... There's a lot there, I, and I, I just want to add a quick comment that you might have to... What's the word I'm looking for? Siphon that out on a regular basis. You know, I, I don't know that... Like, for example, like there will be some worship songs and things that really click with you, you know, and it engages yeah. the totality of, of what you are. And in that moment is like your emotions plus because you're like overwhelmed, you know, mm. yeah. and that's happened to me like a lot of times. Uh, there are other times where I find, you know, I, I'm at church and they're like, all right, now we're going to play this worship song and you're like it's got a super catchy tune and you're just like what the heck are these words like i don't know i'm trying oh, to... happy day kills me <laughs> yeah like... oh happy day is the worst thing that's ever happened to music oh happy day happy day <laughs> and it's just like Guess oh you're... no not anymore <laughs> yeah it's just it just you you can't it can't serve everybody, you know, um, yeah. but everybody can serve God. <laughs> oh, I broke and, Charles. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I was trying to keep it together. I just couldn't. This man literally just did that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I guess. I guess. I guess part of it is is entering into worship with the knowledge and the awareness, which comes, by the way, in you, in your relationship with the Lord. Yeah, that it's not about you. 
You know, it, it really is there because Ooh, yeah. if you can engage, because if you can engage, if you engage your emotions, but you still realize that it's about him, I what what's wrong with that? You know? Yeah. Um, but if when you don't feel emotionally tugged and like the song doesn't vibe with you for all of those young people out there, um, you can still realize it's not about you. And that doesn't mean you have to be belting it out and singing, but it does mean having awareness that it's not there to meet all of your needs. It's there. You're there to worship the Lord. Nick, let's break down. You, you spat some great truth right there. Let's break down. You said the phrase enter into worship. And I think that's really common churchianity speak, right? Okay. Yeah. I, I've heard that a lot. Bro, dude, what is going through your mind? Because I think you mean more than walking in the building. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, I worship in my bedroom by myself with no music. Like hmm. there are times where I you know, I, I just get down on my knees and I'm just so overtaken with like how amazing God is. And that doesn't happen all the time. Like I'm not saying I live on cloud nine, you know, I'm a normal (laughs) person going through normal life, just like everybody else. But there are times when you come before the Lord, at least it feels like you come before the Lord, even though he already says he's with you, um, that you put yourself in a place of saying, you know what? Whatever happens in this moment, I want to honor you. Hmm. you know? um, and that to me yeah, is man. where worship, that, I mean, that to me is where worship begins. And you can do that walking through a church if that's where you live Monday through Saturday. But if you don't live there Monday through Saturday and you're expecting to worship God on a Sunday, sorry, but you're not really worshiping God. You're, you're in a church service and that's probably it, hmm. you know? Um, that was a little harsh, so you can tell me if I'm wrong. But <laughs> Dude, I thought that was cool. Charles, what about you, man? You've led worship a lot, probably way more than Nick or I have. In your mind, because you don't just enter into worship, bro. You kind of have to prepare yeah. to help people enter into worship. So, like, what is that? What's that like, man? Ooh, so <laughs> we have very different worship styles. I guess this is going to be an episode of Shoutouts. Um, shout out to Ross Prado and Fallon Little. Yes. Two. Um, and that's, that's really kind of cutting it short. Cause there were others like Riley who we were cookies and cream. Cause we always played together. Um, Riley Holt. Anyway, besides getting me down memory lane, I'm sorry to everyone who just didn't get a shout out, <laughs> but there are hundreds more. We were a part of a praise team particularly Ross Fallon and I, where we kind of saw two parts of a shift that happened not to throw anybody under the bus, but uh, the bus is rolling. So here we go. There was a person (laughs) who was maybe a few people who were very passionate about the way things sounded and they would work really hard on getting those little tiny things correct, um, which was good. And they made a very good sound. For the most part, except for the one person who always sang flat. Not that I'm calling anybody out. Um, but with Ross, Fallon, and I specifically, I remember the times when we'd say, hey, we're doing a set on Wednesday or Thursday. I think it was Thursday. And we would start that Monday. And we'd probably start practicing that Monday too, right? But it was very clear like, hey, we're coming together. What's going on in your life? How do you want to talk about it? Let's do this. Let's meet up. Let's pray. Let's share thoughts. 
And we would have moments where we're like sharing devotionals with each other before we even got to practice before the set. Um, and that's how it was. It was this constant state of being, it was inviting in the spirit. So when you would, and that sounded kind of spooky. No, right? no. He's not a believer, but. I mean, a little um, bit, but. We you know got out doing. your Ouija yeah. board. You said a few prayers. You killed a goat and you called in a night. We get it, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> we focused significantly less on like the technical, like, hey, did you get this rhythm? Did you hit it with a staccato beat? Did you hit, you know, have you, are you paying close attention to the shape of your mouth? You know, stuff like that. And we were like, all right, where is, where's my heart with God? Am I in pain? Am I angry? Am I holding these resentments? Mm. And when we would get up there to play, it was like, it was, it was an outpouring of just like everything that we had seen about God and everything we had come to over those times together just came out. And it was a very different experience. Wow. And then you could see the difference, right? When someone went up there to play and they played really well and you're just kind of, Ooh, it's good. Oh yes. I love it. But then when you're just, you poured your soul into hearing that and you'd take moments. I remember a time or two, I remember literally just disconnecting and just hmm. listening to other people sing. Yeah. And it, I've done some cool stuff in my life. That has been the coolest thing. Hands down. Now I'm all nostalgic. <laughs> please continue no man i love that i actually when i was thinking about this episode where i thought we should probably end up at the end honestly i thought the first end might sound to to people who don't know us like a lot of complaining which is a little fair right like we're, we're critiquing we're saying hey these are some issues guys i knew we'd end up here i knew we'd end up here because we love worship because the, what's more important than critiquing is to, to say it's unbelievably important and it is the best thing that you'll ever do. And there's this weird, literally supernatural thing that occurs when you fixate your entire gaze on the thing that is perfection and you make your life about him. And it turns out that that's exactly what you were built to do. And then you make your entire focus on perfection. And that's what it is to be human. It's the Aristotelian eudaimonia. It's doing what you were designed to do. It is fully fulfilling. <laughs> Thank you, Charles. It is fully fulfilling who you are meant to be and what man, woman is. And it's, it's like you lose yourself almost. Like, that sounds new agey. And I'm not saying like you become one with the earth or any stupid stuff like that. But I'm saying <laughs> yeah, that. The petite mort. Yeah. Sorry? It's called the petite mort, but yes, that is absolutely true. A petite mort? Yeah. That sounds like it's a really a skinny death. fat guy. <laughs> something yeah. in Harry Potter yeah, it's, it's or something. It's a term for the little death, <laughs> which is like you have escaped into a plane of transcendence. Oh, it's okay. petite mort. It's also the French term for an orgasm, but yes, please continue. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> um, it's the circle of... No, honey, don't talk about that in front of the kids. Um, <laughs> wow. Can you feel the love? Anyway, <laughs> please continue. You were um, on it. Aristotelian eudaimonia. <laughs> please continue. Oh, man, that killed me. No, nah, man, but it's seriously the best thing. 
like you said, Nick, it's not about us. And it's a moment where we can kind of forget about ourselves almost. And the point isn't about us and isn't about getting this good feeling. But when you enter into right relationship with the God who created you, all of a sudden everything just drops away and stops mattering so much. It's just like you have this moment on your face before God. And I think that's why the whole reason we wanted to talk about this today, guys, is because it's that important for people to know that. Because that's one of those moments where I, I love talking to some of my atheist buddies. And, and sometimes I'll get questions along the lines of, you know, we're talking apologetics or theology or whatever. And it's like, well, what would you do if someone like disproved in the existence of God? And guys, at this point of my life, I know him. Yeah. And I know him through worship. Like I have experienced God. I've the, the I can't remember where it is. I think it's David writing, I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Is that Psalm 27? Maybe. But it's it's awesome, man. Yeah. So And you know, Ben, like Big rant. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, that was the end of my long rant. Dude, I love that long rant. I and you know what? It it feels good. Because it is good. It is right. You know what? Just because something like, I don't know, we have a lot of times as Christians, we have the tendency to shy away from things that we feel are good because we feel that they're good, you know? Um, mm, yeah. And that's just dumb. Like Ooh. sometimes it's dumb. Sometimes it's it's smart. But it is it is right. And it is good. And the point, I think, if we can bring this full circle, the circle of life, like you mentioned, just a, we're not going back to that conversation. Anyway, um, if we can bring this full circle, then we might end up saying everybody worships something, but when you align yourself rightly with God and you worship, as Ben said, as you were intended and designed and most fulfilled in doing, there's something just right and good about that, that you... You lose yourself, but you become yourself. You know who you were designed mm. to be as well. And so the point is, everybody's worshiping something. If you're raising your hands for the wrong things, man, you cannot replicate the rightness that comes from actually being in right standing. You know, you can't replicate that. And I think that's the frustration that we have is you, what you just described, Ben. You can't replicate that with a fog machine. You can't replicate yeah, that absolutely. with good vibes. You can't replicate that with, with pretending. If your heart is not in the place, you know, I, I kind of just want to pause that for a second and say, God recognizes true worshipers. Charles, you said in spirit, but Jesus told the woman at the well, who was a Samaritan woman, by the way, who the Jews did not like. There were Samaritans and Jews were enemies. But um, Jesus told her that there's a time where you're not going to worship over here, you're not going to worship over there, but true worshipers are going to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And that those are the people that God seeks to be worshipers. And Charles, you mentioned spirit and truth. I mean, we're attacking this truth thing from the whole podcast that we're doing, Reclaiming Reality. We're all about going after the truth. The spirit is what we're walking in to go after the truth. Yeah. Um, and it's all in pursuit of God. But the point I want to make here is that God recognizes the individual people that worship him. So when you go to a corporate worship, if you do it corporately, if you do it individually, like God recognizes you, he sees you, 
He's not Absolutely. he's not a respecter of church groups. He's a like he bestows favor on individuals. Um and also collectively. And so if you have a heart that is aligned rightly with God, then other people also benefit that from that, you know? And I think that's why we, the three of us, love worshiping together so much. Um, there's just something good that comes out of that. So, Amen. Well, guys, let's, let's start wrapping up. Oh, Charles, you got something? Yeah. And this might be a good, actually, transition to wrap up. There's something beautiful about knowing God and expressing that love to him and in that same way in that same community of knowing him being known it's like it's water to a thirsty soul Hmm. and that's really what worship is and really what worship should be but that's a hard issue and that can't be replicated by lights or fog machines or perfect sound it's all a matter of knowing and being known by god now i'm done please continue Okay. Um, Nick, I feel like we should do like a whole thing on spirit and truth at some point. Charles, chaos order. We talk about that. Like that would be a great podcast for the future. Guys, let's wrap up by saying, let's just do, we got like less than five minutes. Let's do a real brief. What would you like to see change? Since we're focusing on the worship culture in America, what would you like to see change in the worship culture in America? Charles? (laughs) I would like to see people come to a point where they can lay down their pride to a point where they can allow themselves to be vulnerable and honest in the face of the Father. Hmm. That's all. I knew Charles was going to say it better than I could, so I'm just going to agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, yeah. I really do love what you said, man. I think for me, it's something along the lines of a lose, being comfortable with losing the structure and formality of what we've come to expect. We, we come and we sing the same four songs and we, if we run a minute over time, we're looking at our watches because it's time for lunch. I want us to just enter into the presence of the Lord and have that be the most important thing and for us to stop caring so much about the rest of our day. Like, what if we blocked off Sundays to worship? That's what I want to do, man. I want to not, I want to not have any other plans on Sundays. That's what I would like to change. Well, guys, what a talk. I am enjoying these very much. For you listening, thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of our virtual conversation. If you don't know, we are spread absolutely all over America, which means you might be close to one of us. If you can find us, we will run away and issue a restraining order. (laughs) So we are the Reclaiming Reality (laughs) Podcast, three buddies looking for some truth from a Christian perspective. Feel free to reach out to us on our email, reclaimingrealitypodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to ask a question, we are on the Instagram and the Facebook. So feel free to look us up on either of those. Have a lovely day.